The following podcast has been recorded live for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. To another episode of Mexi Mind Matters with your host with the most, Mexi, the one, the only Super Mex. First Mexican ever to finish a marathon in all 50 states. Look it up. The one, the only, the doctor of Desire. The man with the plan. If he can't do it, nobody else can. Now, Coming to you live from the wintry, winter is here, Columbus, Ohio. And today, on this glorious snowy day, we would like to discuss, and I know I've done this a few times already, on what exactly constitutes a claim or a lawsuit when it comes to personal injury because as soon as winter hits everybody just thinks they have a claim like oh yeah let me sue them like we are literally teaching with ever since the mcdonald's coffee case that oh yeah anybody can sue anyone and big corporations that have better shit to do than to waste money oh yeah they'll just toss out you know a settlement here and there And that gives people the impression that, oh, yeah, if they want, I have a claim. Yeah, why not? So, I'm going to dedicate this podcast to a few stories, a few case scenarios where potentially new clients called and gave us the dumbest claim they basically could come up with. And here's the thing. From top to bottom, our government shut down. The president is not the smartest cookie, you know, in the country. So that just just makes everybody more empowered. Oh, yeah. If this mofo can be president, yeah. Me with an IQ of 50. Oh, yeah. I could definitely get a claim and do whatever I want. No, that's not how this works. Laws are in place. Policies are in place. You can't just live your life without consequence. Like, if you choose not to have something and then you need it, that's not anybody else's fault but your own. That's that's how I view it. So, from a young, from a young age, mind you, I've always said I'm the black sheep of the family. Mainly because my parents still refuse to say that they have a favorite, even though time after time... They clearly show I am not the favorite. 
case in point, when I went to college, my mom showed me how to do my laundry. Oh, yeah, I'm not doing your laundry while you're in college. You're going to do your own laundry. Okay, great. Understandable. But then every year after that, when my brother would come home after college, oh, she would always do his laundry. They got to the point where I was okay with it because my mom takes forever to do a fucking load of laundry. It's exhausting to watch it. So I'm like, fuck it, whatever. But then, same thing. My dad was like, yeah, when you get your own apartment, you got to have renter's insurance. Okay. Yeah, in case anybody steals your shit. Well, that makes sense. So, since the age of 18, I've done my own laundry. And since the age of 21, I've always had renter's insurance when living in an apartment complex. Now, we have homeowner's insurance, of course, at the house. But that's my point. You can't... You need... To be protected. These are things that are needed in case shit happens. They're basically insurance policies. That's that's the whole point. That's why it's called an insurance policy. It protects you in case shit happens. Now, if you have bad credit, or if you're a lying weasel, or if you just don't make money and want to just live in filth and smoke weed all the time. And guess what? You want to save money any way you can. You're not going to get these things that you may potentially need. Especially if you live in a bad part of town. Now, people are going to argue, oh, well, not everybody has an education. Not everybody can you know, go to school. Not everybody can get a good paying job. Bullshit. I've seen people work three jobs just to put them through school. If you're too lazy to get a fucking job and are on welfare, that's your fault. If you're too lazy to take night classes to get a degree or, you know, some kind of training for a new job, that's on you. Not me, not us. So, first scenario. I get a call yesterday. Transferred from our reception, our new receptionist, mind you. Bitch that worked... At our firm three years ago before I got hired. Doesn't know how to fucking look up stuff. Or use a computer. And this is the person that we brought back. After we already saw that she sucked at making demands. Now we're watching her suck at doing mail and transferring calls. But hey, whatever. So she gives me the rundown. Yeah, this lady, she might not have a claim. But uh, she said that uh, her kitchen blew up. And she has a police report that says the other people are at fault. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? Like, how does not click? How does that not click in your head? Your kitchen blew up and a police report was filed. Now, unless somebody broke in, there should be no police report. So, yeah, put her through. Let me talk some sense to this bitch. So I talked to her on the phone And she's like yeah My kitchen caught fire The entire kitchen yeah Okay well what's this about a police report Well it's not a police report It's a fire report I'm like oh so Columbus Fire Department showed up yeah Okay meantime I look up online Yeah the the fire reports You have to actually request them You can't just look them up online Okay well 
what what did they say happened? Like what happened? Well, um, you know, fire started, and I didn't realize it. And because the stove is supposed to have canisters that blow up once the fire hits them, I didn't realize it until the fire actually hit the smoke detectors. I'm like, um, okay, well, so you're saying these canisters were supposed to blow up, so you wanted the kitchen to blow up sooner? Well, yeah, they didn't go off. So my landlord, that was the first thing he asked, did the canisters go off? And I said, no. So I want to go after them. I'm like, go after who? Like the stove manufacturer, the landlord? I'm sorry, was there a fire extinguisher in the apartment? Yeah. Okay. Well, they didn't break the law there. That's not negligence. Like, what did the fire report say started the fire? Oh, excess grease. From what? Well, I was cooking. Okay, so you were cooking with too much grease. You walked away from the kitchen and caught fire. You didn't realize anything was burning until it hit the smoke detectors. Like, how did you get injured? Well, yeah, I grabbed the fire extinguisher to try to put out the fire, and then I slipped and fell. Okay, and this happened when? December 15th. Like, so over a month ago. I'm sorry, ma'am. We can't take your case because... You're an idiot. One, do you have a renter's insurance? No. So, who are we? We're supposed to have treatment and insurance to go after anybody and clear negligence. In this case, you started the fire. So, are we going to go after you? Well, but the canisters, that's irrelevant, ma'am. If you had not cooked with too much grease, if you had not walked away from the kitchen, and being negligent, there would have been no fire, regardless of what the canisters should have done. All the apartment complex has to do, by law, is provide each unit with a fire extinguisher. Had you been paying attention, you would have seen, oh, shit, shit's on fire, fire extinguisher, done. But you use too much grease, don't have renter's insurance, and injured yourself. That's not a... That's not a personal injury claim. Like, we're not suing yourself for no insurance that you don't have. The landlord, even if he has insurance on the building, I'm sure in your lease it says you must obtain renter's insurance. So he's not held liable, especially if he put a fire extinguisher in the house, in the apartment complex, for you to use in case you're too much of a dumbass and catch shit on fire. On top of that, you probably don't know how to use a fire extinguisher. Luckily, it has guidelines on how to do so. But please, get off my fucking phone. Click. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, are you serious right now? You start a fire and you want to go after the stove manufacturer or the landlord for actually saving your life by putting a fire extinguisher there? No. Get the fuck out of here. Like, what possibly could have given you the idea that that was a claim? Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe a friend told you. Maybe you saw a commercial and that's why you left the kitchen. Like, it's seriously ridiculous the amount of bullshit that we get on a regular basis. Like, 
I can't. Like, what? And it's always the idiots. Always. How is that a claim? Like, why? So, if, listen. This next example I'm going to give you guys, this is actually a clear liability situation. People died. But I want to use this as an example. I'm going to plug in my man Ramo here. If you need UM or UIM coverage, any kind of med pay on your policy, don't just listen to them. My man Ramo won't guide you wrong. If somebody tells you full coverage, they don't necessarily mean full fucking coverage. They mean full collision coverage. You got to have UM, UIM, med pay. Give my man Ramo a call. Have him hook you up with American National and get the full holy shit package. Because in this following scenario, you'll see why this is important. American National, proud sponsor of the Mixing My Matters podcast. So, now I also would like to point out that this, to me, is an example of bad parenting. But hey, I can't really say. I don't know. So, seven teenagers. Yeah, all minors. Are driving in Florida on a pickup truck. Now, how are seven fitted in the pickup truck, you may ask? Well, two of them are in the back, you know, where there's no seatbelts. Everybody else is somehow in the pickup truck. Now, somehow, some way, they're driving. The driver loses control of the pickup truck, hits one tree, hits the other tree, and then the pickup truck flips over a few times and it lands upside down in the middle of a ditch in a canal in bumfuck nowhere, Florida. Now, first things first, since it's a single car accident, you know, a single car accident, the tortfeasor, a.k.a. the at-fault party, is the driver. With six passengers in your car. If this was me, you better hope and pray you have decent coverage. So you can cover any injuries if any one of the six were to get injured. Well, guess what? The two that are on the back of the pickup truck, one died in the arms of our client. So this kid, one of them, we'll call him Joe for privacy purposes. Joe lives in Ohio with his mommy. He was down there with his buddies in Florida. How on earth they were left unsupervised is beyond me. Because you best believe if I have kids, nobody's driving to fucking Florida, especially with seven of you in a fucking pickup. You're taking a fucking SUV with full coverage on it. Now, Joe Schmo, as the hero that he is, at least in my view, he's a hero in this. This is actually one of Gina's cases that she neglected and that I had to fix. So, hear me out here. So, Joe rescues the rest of his friends out of the pickup. After himself being hurt, 
And the one that died, died in his arms. So, they all got ambulanced over to the local hospital for treatment and so forth. So, Joe comes back to Ohio. He's still in therapy. This happened October 27th. The parents of the driver are not responsible. The insurance for the car is under their name. We'll call them Mr. Tortfeaser and Mrs. Tortfeaser. Five days earlier, they had switched their policy limits from progressive to farmer's insurance. Their previous limits, per the state of Florida, they have lower limits. Some states are allowed lower limits than others. The Ohio minimum is $25.50. Florida, it can be lower. So they had just switched their policy limits from $10,000 per person, $12,500, so $12,500 per accident. So let me break that again down for you, for those who don't understand how to read your fucking policy limits. And it seems to be quite a few of you. So everybody should be taking notes upon listening to this podcast. $10,000 per person, $12,500 per accident is nothing. Because let's assume there's only two of you in the car. You can't each get $10,000. Regardless of what your treatment is. Because guess what? It's only $12,500 per accident. So if there's two of you and you're both equally injured, each one's going to get about $6,250. If one's more injured than the other, well, then you're screwed. Because like, let's say you die. Okay, you get $10,000 because that's the limit per person. Oh, but your compadre that's in the car with you, he's only going to get the remaining $2,500. Yeah, it sucks. So the family had at the last minute, five days prior to this accident, switched it to $25,000 per person, $50,000 per accident with farmer's insurance. Now again, $25,000 per person means that the maximum any one person in this accident could get is $25,000. The maximum for the whole accident, doesn't matter how many people are in it, is $50,000. So again, if there's only two of you and you're equally hurt, yes, you can each get 25000 But if one of you dies in this scenario, they're going to get 25000 The other person could get 25000 if they're severely injured. This is the state minimum in Ohio. But the problem is if your accident involves more people, oh, then you're, then you're screwed. Then you're royally screwed. And that's the case here because the family of the driver who lost control has 2550 limits now. Accident happens, fall into a canal. How many people did I say were in this pickup truck? Oh, so you got the driver and six passengers. And you have 50,000 for the whole accident. Now, mind you, obviously, the driver doesn't get anything. He's at fault. I'm going to pay for his injuries. He's a fucking idiot. So he gets nothing. So now you have to split $50,000 six ways. 
But here's the problem. You can't give each 25000 because that's not how it works. Yeah, the most one person can get 25000 but the most everyone gets is fifty. Guess what? One of the passengers died. The passenger that died in the arms of my client, Joe Schmo. Well, because he's dead, he automatically is going to get the limits. 25000 for that one person. Yes. It's unfair, but that's how it is. But speaking of unfair, this is where it really sucks. Because now, there's only 50000 for the whole accident. And you only paid to the guy that died. Now you have five other passengers, all injured, who are going to split tw- the remaining 25000 Five times five is 25. Guess how many each one's going to get? Five grand. My client's current bills, we have the radiology bill, the ambulance bill, and the surgeon bill. The bills alone... The bills alone are five five grand. Yeah, let that sink in. Our client probably has a hospital bill. If his radiology bill is about three thousand, thirty four hundred, or whatever it is, you know his hospital bill with trauma surgeon bill that we already have. Yeah, his hospital bill is at least ten k. This is why you want to have underinsured motorists. Because when somebody has 2550, I myself have MedPay. I myself have underinsured motorists, which is this was where this would apply. You can tap into my 500 million policy and I could get compensated for the difference while I'm still treating because this just happened in October. Think of the mental anguish this kid, our hero, who saved everybody else in, in his car has to live with. One of his friends died in his arms. Everybody else he rescued. Yet he's only going to get $5,000 because the driver's parents have 25000 50000 limits. And guess what? I don't even feel bad because here's the kicker. My client's parents have Geico. And guess what? They decided not to put UM, UIM, uninsured, underinsured motors, on the policy. They also decided not to put MedPay on the policy. So we can't even use that to fall back on and pay his bills. Oh, and guess what? He also has no health insurance. So we can't even tell him, oh, run him for the health insurance, pay his bills. No, this motherfucker is going to have to pay the expenses of going to the hospital out of pocket. And the parents are going to have to pay out of pocket. And the mom is pissed. Mom doesn't understand why it's not a four-way split of 50 and then negotiate the 25. That's not how that works. One's the limit per person. One's the limit for the whole accident. Obviously, if you have one that died, he takes precedent and more importance over the ones that did not die. So basically, here's the thing. If my client Joe had let his friends die... All of those deceased, so all five of them would have split 50 and he would have gotten nothing because he would be the only one alive. So by rescuing his friends, 
he basically mitigated damages and helped his case to at least get 5,000 minimum if they do a five-way split. But here's the problem. The one other guy already has four, like one of the other passengers already has 17,000 in bills. So now me and my attorney have a meeting on Monday for a global settlement between the five of us, you know, our client and the rest of the five who are not dead to see how we're going to split the remaining 25,000. Each one of them wants 25,000. That's not how it's going to happen. Yeah, it's unfair, but this is exactly why you get uninsured, underinsured motorist. Because if this was me, guess what? My son would be able to tap into 500,000 minus 25. He would have $475,000 to pay for all his expenses on top of my 50K med pay if he were to be an idiot and take his buddies in a pickup and drive down to Florida. I would never let him if he was my kid, but, you know, that's beside the point. That's exactly why. You use UM and UIM. Now, before we continue, let's also remind people that if you are in an accident and you're, you know, you got some soft tissue injuries, you can get massages. Hand and stone massage will treat you. Promo code Mexi will save you money on your first Swedish massage and your membership. Mexi goes to the one in Dublin. You can go to whichever one you want. And if you need to get back in a groove after an accident, you can also. Start working out. Join the super team at Super Studios 253. Give them a call. 253-272-0700. Ask for code SUPER. Let them know Mexi referred you. Hannah Massage and Super Studios 253. Proud sponsors of the Mexi My Matters podcast. Now again, for soft tissue injuries. A chiropractor and physical therapist looks better, but you can get massages. Don't be going to try and go to the gym and get massages. You have a fucking broken bone. That's not how this works. Like, be smart, people. Like, as I've always said, chiropractors and physical therapists are basically treating the same body part. I mean, you could go to a physical therapist for, say, a leg injury and a chiropractor for a back, but that makes no sense. Why would you not have both treated at the same place? Don't double dip. And adjusters don't like to, don't, don't pay for that. Now, another example of idiots and nonsense. I gave you an example of a potential new client talking nonsense. I gave you an example of family that's actually a client that did not do what they were supposed to do, trying to cut corners. Their son gets critically injured. Oh, but you guys don't have health insurance. You're an idiot. And now, let me present this to you. So, I get a call. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I take that back. My intake specialist, Madre, takes a call. You know, negotiate something. I'm just hearing it. He's not transferring to anyone. So, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. This is a new client. What the, what the deal is. He hangs up the phone, looks at me, goes, So, uh, I talked to you about something. We, we've done this before for clients. So, 
uh, Jeff at the uh, litigation department, you know, he's notarized documents for clients that were, you know, translated or whatever. So we have this person who needs a document notarized. Okay. Well, you just, just when they come in, look it over, see what you could do, you know, if it, if it is translated, right, just have one of us notarize. Okay. You know what? Whatever. I'm thinking, this is a client. Person comes in. I'm like, what's the document? What document? What do you mean, what document? You were just on the phone with my guy yesterday saying you need a document notarized. Oh, well, no, I mean, it's in Spanish. Okay, well, where is it? Oh, we didn't bring it. So how the fuck am I supposed to notarize something? Well, we need it translated too. I'm like, I'm sorry, are you guys clients? No. So let me get this straight. My man Madri took a phone call from somebody who is not a client Needs a document translated. And now I'm supposed to translate this for you and notarize it? Oh, I was pissed. Walked up to my office manager. Hey, we don't do this, do we? No, they're not a client? No. Exactly. So I go back and I'm like, if you want this done, I need this document. I can translate it because I actually do that on the side as a self-employed job. But I need to see this document. And then if you want it notarized, it has to be here. I'm not going to translate it into English, then notarize it. Right in front of you. So this is apparently a letter. So I'm staring at a Spanish from Spain lady and a Mexican lady. And there's a black kid, like a baby. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They're talking to each other like, oh yeah, she's my lover. So I'm like, okay, so you guys are lesbian lovers now? With a black child. Well, her husband emotionally abused her. Really. So they, so this letter was personally, definitely... Actually, a personal statement from the Mexican lady about the whole situation and why this girl from Spain needs a green card. So she writes it by hand. It's a page and a half. Writes it again by hand. Gives it to me. I'm like, all right, Obi, when did you need this by? Oh, I need it by Monday. So this was last Friday. I need Monday at 9.30. That's my green, green card appointment. Okay. Takes me 10 minutes to do it. And I'm like, oh, I am charging you 15 cents a word like 40 bucks translate it and then we can notarize it no big deal I read it my mom tried to do this to my dad go out and divorce him for emotional abuse and call the cops on him guess what emotional abuse is not a thing in the US so the personal statement is talking about you know, do, doing a report at the police station. You know, now she they live together. Blah, blah, blah. I guess they got married and they want custody of the kid. I'm guessing that kid is... The father is her ex-husband, boyfriend, whatever the situation is. And the Spanish girl is the mother. So the kid looks like Will Smith, skin color-wise. So I can guarantee you the dad is American because he's black. That's all that you know, do the math. No black Mexicans. I can assure you that. And if he wants custody, yeah, he better be American. You can't both come here illegally and have a baby. So she wants to use this statement to get a green card for the Spanish lady. Well, I can assure you, and when they Monday comes. 9.30, they're not here. They're supposed to come in at 9 to pick up the document. 
Oh, I thought your green card appointment was at 9.30. Call on Monday afternoon. It's like, oh, we couldn't make it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm here 9 to 5 daily. So, okay, we'll be in tomorrow at 9.30. Tuesday. 9.30 comes. No one's there. Okay. They show up at around noon. Actually, by day, I mean the Spanish mom with the black baby. Show up around noon. I give them the document. It's already been notarized. Whatever. Fuck off. And I'm like, you do realize this won't work. As she walks out the door. Give me my 40 bucks. And then Madri gets mad at me for getting paid. And I'm like, look, they're not clients. Next time, we don't do this shit. If it was a client of mine that needed a document translated, maybe. But somebody who is not even a client calls you for a potential, like if it was a potential new client, great. But they're not. They haven't even been in personal injury. They have no claim. And you just volunteer my services thinking I will do this for free? Fuck no. I need to get my 600 bucks per year so I can get my 1099. It's a new year, 2019. Guess what? This 40 goes towards the 600. Fucking Madry. And this is what I'm talking about. Our website. So I'm guessing they came across our website through the internet. Our website clearly says personal injury attorneys. If you were able to read the website, I assume since you're from Spain and you've already been here illegally, you know some English. Because you definitely spoke to Madry. So you had to speak English. Personal injury attorneys are not immigration attorneys. Well, I already have like three immigration attorneys that are helping me get my green card. Yeah, why do you think that is? Why do you think three of them are helping you? Because one of them can't do the job. So you got a second one. He probably couldn't do the job. And now you have a third one. Because guess what? They can't get you a green card because you were emotionally abused by the father of the child, both of who are American and you're not. So, Blackie Chan stuck his dick in Spanish quiche. And Spanish quiche is not too happy about it because now he wants to be controlling. And he doesn't like it that you're a lesbian with a Mexican lady. Yeah, I wouldn't like that either. So, I can already assure you, this is not going to be granted. You're not getting a green card. This is not how this works. So, please... For the love of everything that's almighty, stop with the nonsense and just fuck off. Like, know what you're getting and what you're doing. And this is examples. People, even people from out of the country and immigrants don't use common sense. Like, you really think you you can get a green card having just gotten here? No. And we don't do it. So those are the examples. Be smart. Get your coverage. Read people what your policy says and what the law says. And make informed decisions. When I say that I am 100% for people having to take an IQ test before they can vote or do anything or get a gun, I am fully supportive of that. I actually think the citizenship test that has 100 questions... First off, I still disagree with the fact that you only have to ask six. I think that everybody should be asked all 100 and get a 90% or higher. And that same test should be used 
as an IQ test for people to vote. No studying. You should already know this shit if this is your country. You heard it first here, and I stand by it. Well, anyways, that's enough for the podcast today. All our episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Hit us up. Subscribe. Rate the podcast. Also, check us out on social media. Snapchat, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And as always, remember, where there's a Mexican, there's always a way.